Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Cricket with an Accent. This is Saqib Ali hosting the show. As they say, life must go on. Everybody's still talking about the aftermath of the Border Gavaskar Trophy. All the interviews, all the content is something still we all are tuning into. But as life goes on, England is already in India and we are like four or five days away from the next test match. And uh, helping me unpack the mood and preview the series, I have two special voices. Uh, Nakul Pandey is making his debut in uh, Cricket with an Accent. Uh, he is part of Gorilla Cricket. I'll let him introduce himself better. And then uh, the Iron Man of uh, reporting, uh, Bharat Sundaresan, has just made home. And he's uh, making a fresh cup of coffee. And he'll be talking about the jet lag of India-Australia and looking forward to India and England. Welcome to the show, guys. Hi, Sakiv. Thank you very much for having me. This is hey, Knuckle, by the way. <laughs> for listeners. Uh, <laughs> hey, boys, this is Bharat. Yeah, I don't sound Australian. I don't sound English. I don't know what I sound like anymore. I don't sound like myself anymore. I've been speaking a lot to myself. Um, been alone in the car for the last seven days, driving through regional New South Wales, waiting for the borders to open. And uh, yeah, it's happened. I'm home. I slept. And you know, the first thing I thought about Sakib this morning when I was brushing my teeth, I said, last time I slept on my own bed, India had been bowled out for 36 all out. <laughs> a lot has changed in the world since then. It's a different world. Exactly. So again, Bharat is a no, you know, no stranger on cricket Twitter where my small podcast exists. Uh, everyone who listens to me knows about both of you. Uh, but Nakul, I'll give this a platform just to get familiarized with my listeners, talk about Gorilla Cricket and what you guys do there. Uh, and, just, uh, and then we can carry on with the, with the nuts and bolts of the show. Yeah, thank you, uh, Sakib. So yeah, Gorilla Cricket, we are an independent audio broadcaster. Uh, we do ball-by-ball coverage of every England senior men's international, uh, a whole bunch of other bilateral series, uh, World Cups, T20s and One Day Internationals. Um, some women's cricket. We um, one of my my personal highlights was um, covering off tube the the MCG final, the eighty six thousand and uh, and all that. Um, all off tube broadcasting from our from our base in London uh, now with uh, with the possibilities and also distractions of of COVID. Um, we are able to get commentary crews from all over the world and uh, and uh, and do that remotely. Um, and we do probably now about one hundred and fifty days of commentary. Uh, yeah, we've been going for, uh, this will be our seventh year of operation, started in 2014 with India's Tour of England. Uh, and I've been a ball-by-ball commentator with them uh, since about 2015, um, having started out as a listener. Uh, and then, as all great sto- as a lot of great stories do, I met them in a bar, and uh, now I'm here, uh, trying, to, trying to make my way in the big, bad world of cricket media. Um, but uh, but yeah, we are an independent broadcaster and proud to remain so. Well, you have definitely added one more listener. I'll be tuning into uh, you and your team's commentary for the upcoming series whenever I can, and look forward to when driving days return and listen to because it's hard to get radio commentary in US for any sort of cricket. So yeah, you definitely have signed me up. Uh, and Bharat as Beastie Boy again, no introduction needed. So Bharat, uh, there's a follow-up question before we start India and England. One of my good friends. Uh, wanted to ask about India and Australia. And I said, that's not on the agenda, but I can definitely get a question in. <laughs> so the question is de- very simple. Like, you know, you and, and I think you've spoken about this on Sid B's uh, 81 All Out, but someone who hasn't listened. So it may be a repetition for you. Uh, so basically they want to know, uh, what is your opinion of the Indians' assertion that it was unfair for them to be holed up in a hotel while, not, uh, while allowing people to watch matches in stadium? 
I know you've talked about uh, with many cricketers. So just uh, speak about that, uh, what the Indian camp thought of the bubble requirements. They had to go through this uh, two and a half months of uh, their tour in Australia. Uh, they weren't very chuffed about it, for sure, Sakib. And uh, I think uh, uh, initially it came, the news broke through unnamed sources. I mean, I wrote pieces uh, quoting unnamed sources, which every journalist should do. Uh, uh, I guess at times <laughs> it, it's not in your hands. I know you get criticized a lot for... Uh, saying, oh, if you want to quote them, quote the player. But it, it's not really in my hands. Like if there were no unnamed sources, my ex-boss had said, Sakib, that the source is the global citizen. And I think it's the greatest quote I've ever heard from anyone. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, they weren't very open about it initially. Uh, they used channels like like me to put it out there. But now you've seen even R. Ashwin on his wonderful YouTube channel talk about, uh, use the term animals in a zoo, which is what they kept saying they felt like because they were made to play in front of uh, 35,000 people or 30,000 people at times. Uh, but then that was it. Then they were like taken away, put in a bus, taken to their room uh, where they had to like stay indoors. But I remember bumping into a couple of Indian cricketers very early on, like in um, uh, during the white ball stuff. I think the, the ODIs had just finished and I was just randomly walking around in Sydney and I bumped in a couple of them, uh, a couple of youngish, younger members of the side. And they just could not fathom the fact that uh, they were not allowed to go everywhere and like, you know, be like normal Australians. Because uh, I think the, the thing was they just could not get, get the whole... Uh, lack of cases in Australia and the lockdown, like, and the lockdown, of course, came from uh, or the quarantine or the hotel quarantine was more a result of what Cricket Australia had decided based on their uh, advisors and not a state diktat. Um, and so it, it was all over the place. And like, in a way, I'm glad India won because it, that those stories have kind of been pushed into the back burner. Imagine if India had lost and lost badly, like after 36 all out, it would have continued. Uh, that would have been a big story. And uh, I understand where the Indians came from, uh, because uh, especially in Sydney, I think Sydney was a bigger problem for them than Brisbane, like I said in the earlier podcast as well. Uh, because once they left Melbourne, uh, you know, you're going into a hotspot area, which is Sydney. Uh, so already uh, as a team, you're like, okay, why are we going back there? But And then once you go there, you realize that everybody else is going around life or going about life pretty normally. And it, Sydney was pretty normal, to be honest, except the northern beaches and nobody was going there anyway. So uh, they just could not get their heads around why uh, we agree. Brisbane, like, yeah, you're giving us special exemptions to go there uh, and we will, like, you know, stay inside the hotel. But why are we being made to do that in Sydney? So, yeah, I was, uh, uh, yeah, I, uh, like, you know, I was so glad once the SCG test started because finally you could write about bat on ball and not about, like, you know, uh, like, you know, are there animals in a zoo or uh, are they being hard done by? So, it, 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 see, the Australians, you can, the other side of the argument was the Australians are going through it. Why can't you? But uh, I thought it was a facile argument because the Indians had come all the way. They had in many ways saved the Australian summer. So I don't think it was a direct comparison. But uh, yeah, here we are. I mean, India series winners. And uh, I don't know, if, maybe like this talk of, quarantine and lockdowns will go away. Like when we talk about the series, maybe one, two years from now, uh, this will be one of the, a, a minor side note, if anything. No, it, it will be at the same time. I think it will also add 
to the legend of uh, this historic, uh, you know, win. Uh, it, it is it is not like an unfair obstacle, but it's a testimony, I think, to the mental strength. Uh, and and I'm sure better books and better accounts will be written about it than what I'm saying. So let's talk uh, actual bat and ball that's going to start. So Nakul, you're up first. Uh, I think it's fair to say uh, India probably is the toughest touring assignment for any cricket team. India hasn't won in England in a long time. Broad Anderson and Archer are going to be a handful. But let's face it, beating India and India has to be uh, the toughest assignment. And uh, using that notion, if you agree with it, uh, break it down for the listeners here, how tough it is going to be for England uh, to avoid any sort of, a, you know, whitewash or, you know, blackwash or whatever you want to call it, zero four zero three. Talk about the matchup from England's lens. Look, the, the statistics are inarguable. Since since England won in India with Swan and Panesar in, in 2012, India have lost one home test match and drawn maybe two more, I think one of which was heavily rain-affected. Um, that uh, India have are on the best home run that any team has ever produced in, in test cricket and are a much better side than when they beat in, in India, England in, in India uh, in, in 2016. Uh, you, you could probably say New Zealand is up there at the moment in terms of touring in terms of touring challenges, you saw how, um, you know, they got completely Kyle Jamieson uh, in in New Zealand at the start of of twenty twenty. But it, it is a, it is a massive and historically massive, um, and I mean that in the sense of the 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 kind of weight of of recent history that they're up against. It is a huge challenge. I do think this England team is also probably significantly better than that team that toured in in twenty sixteen. I think the bowling attack is certainly likely to be a lot more penetrative, which was the issue last time. England didn't have any problem scoring runs in, in 2016. Um, you know, in, in Mumbai and Chennai, they batted first and scored 400 and 500. Unfortunately, they couldn't take any wickets. They couldn't get uh, Pujara out. They couldn't get Kohli out. They couldn't get Kale Rahul out. They certainly couldn't get Karun Nair out in Chennai and lost both those test matches by an innings, uh, which is a pretty remarkable feat in itself. Um, it, it is it is a significant uh, a significant challenge. It is a curious. It's a curious one. I think we may be about to see an awful lot of very good cricket, but a quite one-sided end result. Mm. So that's. I think uh, most people would think it's a fair assessment, but again, I guess that's why we lace up and uh, not we. These guys will lace up and we'll watch, and things can happen. That being said, uh, do you think the English rotation policy is going to be a popular one among English fans? Because in the toughest of tours. Uh, what's the mindset and what's the method behind this mindset? Why are you resting some of your best players? I'm sure you've come across this question. It's not a new one, but I think it's a very important one if you're an English fan. Even without COVID, this is a year that necessitates rotation for England. 17 test matches, a T20 World Cup, which is a big focus for England, as it should be, by the way. Um, England could become the first team to hold both the men's ODI and T20 World Cup simultaneously. There's a chance to build, start building a whiteboard dynasty, um, which is hilarious when you think about it for England, um, given uh, semi-recent history. Um, but that that is a chance, and that is something that should be gone at full bore, uh, plus an Ashes series in Australia, which I think is a realistic chance of England winning that series, probably for the first time in a while uh, in in Australia. Then you throw in... Uh, a little bit of what Bharat was talking about, about how difficult that extra strain of 
bubbling and COVID restrictions and the fact that you can't go home and come back mid-series in the way that you used to be able to. Uh, you can't, for example, take a break uh, between one-day international T20 and T20 series or between test series and white ball series and then come back again as England have done. Like England have previously split the tours either side of Christmas, for example, and gone home, spent a couple of weeks with their family, come back. That's not possible this time. You have to be quarantining that entire time. All of that puts a massive extra strain. And a lot of these England players spent a lot of time in bubbles through last summer, uh, through um, the IPL, through the IPL that's about to happen after this series. Um, South Africa, which had to be aborted through to, uh, due, to COVID, um, due to COVID restrictions, now Sri Lanka. Um, it will be negligent of England's management not to give this a fair amount of foresight. And they have. Um, you know, People were saying, oh, why is Johnny Bairstow being sent home after he's just scored runs in Sri Lanka. That decision was made before England left for Sri Lanka. The decision to arrest Ben Stokes and Jofra Archer uh, was made uh, some time ago. Rory Burns a little bit different because he's been on paternity leave. Uh, but Joss Butler going home, you know, Joss Butler's got a hell of a lot of cricket ahead of him. You could make a whole cold hard calculus that England have a much better chance of winning the T20 World Cup than they do of this series. Joss Butler is massively important to that T20 World Cup side. And so uh, you shape it you shape it that way. And Eng- England have the resources. You know, Ben Folkes will not let anybody down. I mean, he's, a, he's one of the best wicketkeepers in the world, and he's got... He, he won't be as destructive as Joss Butler is, and I think Butler's a wonderful player of spin bowling in particular, but he's not going to let anybody down. Um, Mark Wood, sorry, is another one, and Sam Curran, again, who are being rested. You know, Curran's played the IPL. He's going to be playing another IPL. Mark Wood, we know how injury-prone he can, he can be. It would be negligent not to give these guys some rest and to think about this and to make sure that w- none of these players get burnt out. I think Ed Smith himself said that uh, they want to, uh, the England head selector, they want to do this before someone something happens, before it becomes a problem. And I, I completely understand, I to some extent, at least where Nasser Hussain and people were coming from, saying, you know, England aren't sending their best team for this toughest challenge, which we just talked about. But it, it's it's inevitable. It's it's just going to it, it's a fact of cricket in the COVID era and in this and in this incredibly busy year that England have. I think that's quite to ponder. I definitely uh, learned a few things, and I'm going to use this maybe later in this podcast or my coming podcast, which uh, I'll be talking with other guests about England. So it's pretty clear that it's also outside of COVID. It's also a case of prioritization, like you said, white ball dynasty. Those words with English cricket were unheard of, but that's the world we live in. England have easily the best white ball team. And uh, it's a fair point that, you know, this is the way uh, the fortunes of English cricket are prioritized. So on that note, Bharat, I mean, let me let me bring you in. Uh, rotation and fair policy of rotation is kind of a good problem. India and England seem to be the two most deep sides that can exercise this. And if looking at the Brisbane test, the 11 that played there, you can equally put a world-class Indian 11 and people wouldn't even fathom by calling it a second 11. So that being said, who's going to play for the first test uh, with, you know, for India when uh, we tune into this test match, because a lot of regulars will resume their place. And uh, the second part of the question is a lot of these heroic performers, are we going to see them in the test match rotation anytime soon? <laughs> Um, firstly, you know, my first thoughts when I saw that Indian squad uh, for the England test, I think it was announced about 10 days ago, 
uh, was uh, so boring. Like, you know, I mean, Kohli's <laughs> back, Ishan Sharma's back. You know, I mean, it'll be like a full strength Indian side. Like, I can't watch cricket like that anymore, Sakib. Like, I can't. Like, you know, it has to be. Like, now we're so spoiled after Brisbane and this series. I want to see, like, the physio making his debut or, like, someone who's not played. that I was so hoping that the fielding coach gets to make his debut at the age of 51 at Brisbane. So, those are the things that... I'm looking for these days in cricket, <laughs> but uh, and I'm being serious as well. I'm not even like joking here. Yeah, yeah. but yeah, I mean now that you've, you've seen the squad, it will be Virat Kohli will come back. And, uh, I, I guess Rohit Sharma and Shubman Gill seems to be uh, an opening partnership which uh, will stay in place till the time Rohit Sharma plays Test cricket, I guess, or uh, decides to hang up his boats in red ball cricket. I don't see him go anywhere before he gets to captain at least one Test match. <laughs> Just seeing him in Australia, uh, he was uh, a leader on the field. He took over from Rahane on, num- on a number of occasions, like when India was fielding. So, uh, they're here to stay. And like, I mean, I think it's the closest we'll ever get to see uh, Mark Waugh and Damian Martin open in Test cricket, right? I mean, I can't think of a more uh, or a better looking opening pair in my lifetime in Test cricket across the board. We've seen greater, I mean, we've seen Hayden and Langer, Sehwag and Gambhir, Haynes and Greenwich before my time. But yeah, I mean, Gill and Shubman Gill, uh, I'm sorry, Rohit Sharma and Shubman Gill, you just can't leave your seat. You just want to watch them back. Uh, so they'll be there. Kohli will come back into number four. Rahane being the good middle class Maharashtrian boy, he'll be like, okay, Virat, this is your team. I'll drop to number five. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I mean, Rishabh Pant will definitely, I mean, he's the new hero of Indian cricket. So he stays. Uh, the only question would be uh, the second spinner. Ashwin seems to be fit. So he'll play for sure. Uh, and like, you know, Anil Kumble's career, if you look back, Sakib, that 2003-04 Australia tour was so important to his career. Because at that point, there was talk of like, he's been getting injured a lot. Uh, should someone like Murli Karthik take over? Like, but then he goes to that Australia tour, Harbhajan Singh gets injured. Uh, and Kumble's career just like uh, experienced an upturn. So you can't say that in reverse though, because in 2001, Kumble was injured, Harbhajan comes in and basically exactly. takes all of India's wickets. Absolutely, yeah, you know. So, uh, so poor Murli Kartik was the was the big loser there, poor guy. <laughs> so, you know, at in 2001, he was injured. He could have been the guy. Uh, we're also related. No wonder I keep bringing him up. But like, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it was a family uh, tragedy in a way that, like, you know, when Kumble did well in that series, I went, ah, damn, this could have been our cousin series, but it wasn't to be. Uh, but yeah, uh, you know, uh, do they stick to Washington Sundar? I guess in India, you'd want uh, someone turning the ball the other way, and the only option they have is Akshar Patel, who. Um, Rahul Dravid has really talked up a lot over the years and uh, you see his numbers. He, I mean, he's not Jadeja level, but he's really good. He's excellent in the field as well. Uh, so I wouldn't be surprised if Akshar Patel gets a debut, which would be like sad for Kuldeep Yadav, who's, you know, who's, imagine, we spoke about bubbles and all that, but imagine being in a bubble for like two months and not getting to play a single game for Kuldeep Yadav. Uh, so uh, I still think it could well be Akshar Patel making his debut. Um, and yeah, Bumrah, Ishant, and that's where I think the rotation will be interesting. I don't see Jasprit Bumrah playing all four test matches because of the workload that is ahead of him. Uh, like Nakul said, with the English guys, the same with Bumrah as a uh, for the IPL, and it's a huge T20 World Cup for India, especially if it does happen in India. 
because Virat Kohli has never captained an ICC tournament at home. He's never captained a T20 World Cup or India in a T20 World Cup. Uh, and ICC tournaments in in the last few years, we've seen the home team wins a lot. Ex- I mean, yeah, West Indies won in 2016. But uh, it will decide Virat Kohli's captaincy future, in my opinion, uh, which whichever way the T20 World Cup goes. In which uh, format? All formats? Uh, no, I think only in white ball cricket. Yeah. I mean, it will, if, if not decided, it will define his... Because all this talk of Rohit Sharma should take over. But Virat Kohli is not captained in an ICC tournament at home and never in a T20 World Cup. So, uh, that will be... So, I'm sure they'll need Bumrah for that. But then you'll also have to look at Bumrah. You want Bumrah playing in Ahmedabad, right? I mean, this new big, fancy, big-ass stadium. And uh, he's the hometown boy. So, uh, I, I mean, Akshar Patel comes from the outskirts of Ahmedabad. But I think... Yeah, between the two, you want uh, particularly that third test with the pink ball under lights. Boomerang under, Boomerang under lights at the Modi Dome. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so that will be. Uh, that, I think that could play a role as well. So Boomerang definitely plays the first test in my book. Uh, if he has recovered from that abdominal uh, strain he suffered in Sydney. So, um, yeah, it's going to be interesting. And like just a point on to add on what Saki, uh, on Nakul was saying, I think. It's just, you know, Jofra Archer's words from, what, six months ago when he said there are only so many bubbles you can uh, be a part of. Uh, I think we need to be realistic as well. We Yes, cricket pays my bills, cricket pays our Knuckles' bills as well. I am sure to an extent your bills as well, Sake. But, uh, you know, we need to uh, keep in mind that uh, sport is still a bonus. Like, you know, we're still in the midst of a pandemic in most parts of the world. In the UK, for example, and in the US, uh, you guys know it better than us. Like, we've been so lucky. Like, yesterday, Western Australia went into a lockdown after one new case. So, that's how Australia and New Zealand have been dealing with COVID-19. Uh, so, any sport we get to see is a bonus and you have to be mindful of these players. I mean, you can just look at it and say, ah, they are like, you know, overpaid uh, professional athletes, they should be able to deal with anything. Like, you know, how dare they? We pay so much money for our Foxtel or Hotstar subscriptions. But uh, yeah, you have to rotate them, them around. You can't let them just stay in one hotel room for too long. Um, I'm not surprised at all. And England have been pretty good at it. I mean, over the years, they've... Uh, even when they weren't doing too well in white ball cricket, <laughs> they, they were good in rotating players around, uh, giving a lot of guys white, like, you know, white ball opportunities and uh, having split captains and all that. England did it before most other teams did. So That was because England didn't care about white ball cricket. That is also true, yeah. <laughs> but like, I just thought I'd give them some credit there. Uh, and so they, if anything, are taking, um, uh, taking a bold step. And look, what India proved is... Uh, for years, teams have been traveling overseas with a full strength team and not winning. So this rotating people around and like, you know, throwing surprises at the opposition seems to have worked. So why not? I mean, I'm sure that's not England's plans, but uh, maybe it should be. Maybe that's what teams should do. Like, you know, carry two or three net bowlers around, uh, have like, you know, have like a junior cricketer in the media or something like that and just like bring him in and like play him. So I'm saying all this because I really did fancy my chances of a test debut as well at the Gabba. Uh, and there are a few Indian players who've seen my bowling action and they, uh, I remember R. Ashwin telling me in 2017, I don't know what your ball does, but just purely based on your action, you should be playing T20 cricket. <laughs> so there you go. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Maybe you should start working with the physio next time, you know, you never know when lightning <laughs> can strike. Just maybe. Right. Do you not think there's any, any chance of India playing three spinners, playing Ashwin, Washington and Kuldeep? Uh, 
I I think this Indian team prefers going in with uh, three seamers. And like I know we'll talk about the pitches uh, in a while. The only thing is India in the last 12 or like the last couple of years after that Australia series in 2017, they've been playing. Um, uh, they haven't given uh, or dished out rank turners. But the only time historically India have dished out rank turners is when they think their bowlers are tired. Like if they think Ashwin is just like, I mean, the 2017 Pune test is a great example because that test came on the back of India had played three against New Zealand. Uh, they played uh, five against I India. remember writing about this. It was a home test every two weeks for six months. Absolutely. Yeah. So it, they, so the bowlers were, I mean, they're just like gone, Ashwin and Jadeja, their shoulders. So uh, one of the main reasons was they wanted to welcome Australia with like a rank turner, finish that game off early. For their bowlers' sake, it didn't work out. Of course, it backfired, like these things do. But uh, I think uh, that's the only reason I see them tinkering around with the pitches. But if they do, then yeah, maybe three spinners will only play if it's a rank turner. I don't see, uh, especially with Hardik Pandya still picked as a batsman more than an all-rounder. Well, actually, that was part of the reason I was thinking of it because Washington and Ashwin are both bowling all-rounders, but all-rounders to some extent. You yeah. could bat them at seven and eight and not have a and not have too much of a of an issue. Maybe this is just selfish because I want to see Kuldeep playing again. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I you know I do feel sorry to him. You know, not only was he not playing, he was the only member of the original squad not to play, and about three mem- people who were who were net bowlers are not in the original squad made Test debuts. Absolutely no, I mean, and he's been bowling well as well. I saw him um, um, through the fence in Blacktown at the start of the tour. Yeah, and even in the nets, he seems to be confident. He seems to be bowling well. So um, I'm sure when he, whenever he plays, he's going to take wickets. And and England haven't faced much of Kuldeep Yadav, have they? In red ball cricket, so maybe never. So that uh, would be. Oh, that was that. That was that disastrous appearance at Lords when he never should have been playing. Uh, oh, yeah, that's on, really, yeah. one of the greyest days of Test cricket that I've ever <laughs> seen. Um, it was unbelievable. Um, you could barely see the ball from the stands uh, sure. that day. <laughs> that's um, yeah, it's true. I mean, he's had some success against them in white ball cricket, of course. Yeah, although of course. he did also yeah. get massacred by by Bairstow and Roy uh, in the uh, in the World Cup. The World um, Cup yeah. But you know, you're talking about turning the ball both ways. Kuldeep can turn the ball both ways. He can. He can. I mean, he bowls more uh, googlies than he does his traditional, uh, uh, you know, leg breaks. So, uh, like a lot of uh, like, I have to be careful. Left arm wrist spinners do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. So, so, I think uh, Knuckle made a very interesting observation, and I can feed that as a next question to you, Bharat. Uh, the Lord selection again. Uh, Virat Kohli's captaincy, a lot of time is looked through the prism of his selection, and many have been, uh, you know, not received very happily by the Indian fans. So, do you expect any Virat Kohli stamp as far as team selection goes, or do you think pretty much? You know, uh, with all the captaincy talk, you just play uh, the best possible eleven, and that I think, in your view, you already stated what could be the best possible eleven. Do you see any surprises? And secondly, does Pritiman Saha get a look in the series because Rishabh Pant's glove work is going to be under huge scrutiny uh, as far as Indian pitches are more conducive for spin. And while we accepted, you know, the dual facet role he can play and make this a deep batting lineup. So talk about those two things through the lens of Kohli, the captain, and if we can expect any changes? I don't see too many um, like major surprises considering they have most of their full-strength squad back. I mean, I, I actually thought Hardik Pandya would be held back in Australia. I remember having a conversation with the team management on the sidelines. 
just as a game breaker, I, even though they knew that he couldn't bowl too many overs. Uh, uh, and this is like before the series began, purely based on how well he was batting in that one day series. Like, I mean, we've, we can't forget that this tour was also the making of Hardik Pandya, the, uh, the batsman. I think well, after all that has happened in the test stuff, we've, that, that white ball series seems like so, so far away or back in the distance. But uh, yeah, I think Hardik Pandya was a great positive for India. So maybe he fits in at some point, but I don't know where he fits in. That's the problem. That top five seems so strong right now. Uh, and I don't see them playing six specialist batsmen, which is what Hardik Pandya would be. Uh, but uh, who knows? I mean, one he's literally one injury away from getting a go, in my opinion. Uh, apart from that, like I said, Akshar Patel could be the surprise, if anything, like ahead of uh, uh, Kuldeep or uh, or Washington. So there are maybe like, you know, it's uh, like Nakul said, it could be three spinners. Uh, it can always happen. But I think Kohli, more than stamping his authority as captain, I think it'll be more to do with him as batsman. I know, uh, having watched Virat Kohli over the years, uh, you get that feeling from him. Like, even on this Australia tour, you knew he had that one test match, one test innings in him. Like, you know, you could see even in the white ball stuff, where his head was, there was sometimes he... Uh, like, you know, in terms of mental energy or mental capacity, you could see that uh, he, like, you know, with all the, like, you know, him always supposed to go back home. You knew he had that one big test innings in him. It was unfortunate it was cut off with a run out uh, that Rahane would be, have never been allowed to forget if India hadn't won the series. So that turn, like, India could have won it 3 0 this test series, if you look at it, or 4 0, even if Hanuma Vihari hadn't pulled his hamstring. Uh, I mean, that's fantasy talk there. But, um, you know, so you had he had the beginnings in him. So I see Virat Kohli, the batsman, being keener to make an impact on the series than um, him really wanting to go out there and prove to anyone that he is this. Uh, he it is his team because I think it is still his team. You know, Ravi Shastri will make makes it a point to say that this is still Virat Kohli's team, and it is his. I mean, and I, well, I've said this on other shows as well. If you were Rahane. Uh, I know we're not talking captaincy here, but if you were Rahane, would you ever want to captain in a series again? I, I, I wouldn't. Like, I've achieved something that nobody else has and nobody I, else I'm ever... not going to drop my mic because it's quite expensive, but... <laughs> <laughs> I, exactly. I have, like, I've had my, my mic drop moment as a captain. Nobody's... So, I would never want to, like, captain a test again. And so, plus, uh, plus, Rahane doesn't captain when Kohli's in the eleven. He's always captain without Kohli again. <laughs> he, that's probably you know the reality of it. But he's captain without India's best batsman and has four wins in five matches. Well, there's a big <laughs> difference between well, three captaining. Wins. Sorry, sorry. There's a big difference between captaining in a few tests and being the captain. Those are yeah. not the same job. Like, being the captain brings all this extra stuff onto you. As though there's not enough to deal with um, being an international cricketer in India. Um, you know, talk about bubbles. Um, uh, it, it, it's a, it, this ridiculous sort of pressure goldfish bowl um, yeah. where you've got, you know, every disappointed dad is looking at you and projecting their hopes, of their, their, their hopes onto you. Um, those are two different jobs. And I, I do wonder, it's a little bit like wanting to be president. It's a ridiculous job to want to take on in many ways. And definitely, India's captain is no less than many presidents. The scrutiny we bring on the captaincy. So, uh, Bharat, hold those thoughts about Polly and Indian batting. Let me bring Nakul for uh, the Joe Root uh, perspective here. Uh, great series in Sri Lanka. Uh, if you look at the stats floating around, probably the second or third 
best batsman in the world when against spin. So how much of more, how much more of that Joe Root needs to make this into a competitive series? And part B, fill in with some of the n- names that I'm, I'm not saying Eng- Indian fans don't know, but talk about the English batting lineup that's going to appear, and talk about some other names uh, uh, in this lineup for the listenership here. You can start with Root first. Yeah, sure. I mean, bearing in mind, it is going to change as the series goes on. Butler's only playing the first, only playing the first test. Some doubt about Ollie Pope's shoulder, um, whether he's going to be fit. The talk is that he will be uh, available for that first test, and I would expect him to slot in in the middle order. Ollie Pope um, has uh, he played that series against India in England and was a little bit too probably played a few too many shots too early. Um, you know, flashing outside off stump. But he's he. I think he's almost he's one of those players who's almost realised how good he is. Uh, Ollie Pope and he's a and he he doesn't need to try and dominate so early because he'll be able to score runs quickly anyway he's a he's a he's a wonderful talent for for England um o- over the next any number of years and he will likely slot in six Ben Stokes coming back at uh, at five or more of a batting all-rounder really in this in this series what you'll tend to get with Ben Stokes is that he'll one bowl one marathon spell in innings or maybe one marathon spell, a test match sometimes, like you'll look up an hour later, how is Ben Stokes still bowling? And how is he still bowling 90 miles an hour? There's a little bit of the Wagner uh, to him in that. And that could be very useful, particularly if the ball starts reverse swinging, uh, as it could do on on some of the drier outfields, uh, basically Chennai, really. Um, We'll talk about pitches later, I guess. Um, Root was magnificent in Sri Lanka. I watched watched that series very closely, obviously, with Guerrilla Cricket. And it wasn't just the sweep, which has been talked about a lot. Um, and his average against the you know, the fact he's only been dismissed once in five years playing the sweep shot, and he averages 300. He can sweep 180 plus degrees. He can sweep anywhere from just in front of point to mid wicket uh, with the sweep and the reverse sweep. Um, but it's the fact that he, for years, English batters propping from the crease, trying to reach for the ball, trying to guess how much the ball's getting going to turn and getting caught back pad or getting trapped by the one that goes straight on or the one that slides on and hits the edge or kind of spooning catches hither and thither or block, 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 block for 10 overs, not able to find singles, run down the pitch and do something ridiculous because you are uh, because you don't know where your next run is coming from. Root isn't like that. He either sweeps or if he can't sweep, he goes right back on his stumps, right properly right back. There's a, you talk, in, in, play, good players plays a spin. And I've heard Dravid talk about this. I've heard Pujada talk about this. Talk about going. If you're going forward, get right forward. If you're going back, get right back. You um, and this has become graphically illustrated with impact zones uh, on on TV, which you see a lot. Root does that very well, and it means that he's got more time to play the turning ball, and it means that he can knock a ball that anyone else would be defending for a run. He's got all these extra options, and this is something that he's slightly changed since in the four and a bit years since India uh, last hosted. England. He he was phenomenal in 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 Sri Lanka um, on pitches that were turning and will turned more. Certainly, the second test turned more and turned earlier than I think any of the pitches in this series will. Um, obviously, Ashwin uh, is a class above Lassit and Baldenia. Uh, Jadeja to come back for the second part of the series, and um, you know Kuldeep and uh, Kuldeep turns the ball both ways, and Washington and Akshar a little bit more of an unknown quantity, relatively speaking. Um, but it. Uh, in the top three, I think Dominic Sibley's 50 in, in the second test in, in Sri Lanka probably solved the one issue that England, or not the one issue, the one question that England had about their top three. There was this, Roy Burns coming back was opening, was meaning that someone was going to have to lose out. There was talk that maybe Sibley or Zach Crawley might lose their slot 
Uh, that doesn't look like it's going to happen now. I would say that Dominic Sibley, who whose game is very set up for top of off English seam bowling, and he does it very well. He leaves very well outside of stump. He's incredibly patient. He's is his thing is it's all like a sort of mini pujara is i'm not going to play that i'm going to wait but i'm going to wear you down you aren't going to get me out bowling there i'm going to wear you down you'll bowl where i want you to then i'll score runs and i'll wear you down and when you're tired i will score runs and his game has worked very well it got him into this england team what he's had to add is being able to score runs off spinners good deliveries which is something he's still struggling with he still we saw this in new zealand with mitchell santner uh, was just able to tie him down on pitches that were doing nothing, by the way. And he was just shoveling the ball to mid-wicket time and time again. But in Sri Lanka, he was able to find some single-scoring options, which is massive. It's not about... I do think that playing spin is, is much more about... Intercast create is much more about being able to hit singles than it is about being able to hit boundaries. Um, you can't... Uh, if you could score off a spin's good ball, it's incredibly irritating for, for a spinner. Um, and you can move the field around. So uh, Dominic Sibley is a very patient patient player it'll be very interesting to see how he goes against the higher quality of spin bowling rory burns is the thing about rory burns is very much in the sort of alistair cook and andrew strauss mold in that if you bowl short and wide at him he's waiting on that cut he's waiting on that cut shot for to punish you and he's very good at it and he plays that shot very well he has one of those techniques that when it goes wrong looks really bad uh because he has this sort of for those who haven't seen him he's quite got a fairly open stance not like shivner i know open but quite open and he sort of looks with his head towards mid on. Um, and it's about, he's got a dominant eye. He sees better out of one eye. So he tries to get that eye lined up with the with the ball. And it looks unusual, but he's in a good position when the ball plays. And he's, he and Rory, uh, he and Dominic Sibley have scored a lot of runs in county cricket and they've earned their way in through sheer weight of runs. Crawley's a bit different. Crawley's a potential pick. Um, and Crawley played Yasser Shah beautifully in the English summer of 2020. Um sweeping him he comes down the track very well he's six foot five but he's very light on his feet but he did get found out just trying to lunge from the crease and even though he's a tall guy not being able to get to the pitch of the ball um so but it's only three tests to go he's got a big double hundred against Yasser Shah on a pitch that was turning a little bit um certainly and you know Shaheen Shah Afridi and the rest um so it'll be it'll be uh, Burns and Sibley and Crawley as the top three Root at four Stokes at five Pope, if he's fit at six, if not Dan Lawrence, um, who is a player who plays spin well. Essex is one of the few pitches in England that does turn a bit. He's got unbelievable wrists. He's got unbelievable hand speed through the ball. It's it sort of, you can almost, even watching with the sound down, you can almost hear the whip crack of his wrists uh, through the ball. His placement is excellent. Uh, Butler will slot in at seven and then Folks for the, uh, for the next three tests. The Archer will certainly play. The ish, there has been some talk of England only playing one spinner to try and get Broad and Anderson in because they both got wickets in Sri Lanka. Um, I'm aware this is turning into a little monologue, but, uh, but I'm nearly done. Um, I don't see that happening. Um, I don't see that. I don't see that Broad and Anderson will play both. Will both play at the same time? I think I also don't see that any fast bowler on any ta- on either side is going to play all four Test matches. I just don't think it's. I just don't think it's possible, really. Uh, you no, know, it is possible, but it's not a good idea, um, particularly when you've got reserve uh, reserve docks. Um, so then, Moen Ali is expected to come back into the team. He's not quite the player that he was that England that, in, that has done very well against uh, against India, particularly very well in 2018. Had a brilliant 2017, the year before with bat and ball. His batting's not where it was. 
he's been very short of first class experience um and he's only just recovered from covid but he and jack leach what they do very well is they they hit a length they hit a line of length and they can settle into that line of length and they have a bit of flight a little bit of drift um and they're both bowlers who can settle into a nice rhythm whether they'll be able to take significant number of wickets and whether Moen will be as effective against India as he has been is open to question. Dominic Bess, in a weird way, he had a good series in terms of the stats, but he almost bowled himself out of this team in Sri Lanka with his... Um, there were long periods of that test series where he didn't seem to quite know what his plan was and he was just bowling every ball and hoping. And his inexperience has showed and England have gone to India before with very inexperienced spinners and it's not gone well. That That... It's the kind of thing that end, can end careers. Um, so would expect that it'll be Moin, Leach, Archer, and probably Broad just because Anderson played the last test. Okay. I think that's quite to unpack there. Uh, and I'll come back to you on uh, some of the follow-up questions. But just to keep this conversation, I realize I overstepped in Bharat's response. He never got to finish my question about Rishabh Pant's glove work. <laughs> so let's continue there, and then we'll talk about uh, the Indian middle order. Um, yeah, I mean, if, if I could just, uh, you know, add to what Nakul was saying, see, uh, about playing spin in India. I remember using this uh, line in 2012 when he, he, they actually won there, when Kevin Peterson played one of the great innings uh, by an Englishman on Indian soil at the Wankhede Stadium. Uh, that, in, uh, you know, to borrow from the Pink Floyd line, hanging on in quiet desperation was the English way of playing spin. They, like he said, he just, they would just try to hang around there uh, to sweep or not to sweep. Like there was all this talk of like how, what best is, or what is the best way to t- tackle with tackle Indian spin. And I remember asking Ian Bell that in an me- open media session in 2012. And he spoke about learning a lot from watching Rahul Dravid because this was the year after Rahul Dravid made all those runs in that 4-0 uh, loss for India in 2011. And he said, I learned a lot uh, from watching him uh, from short lane. And it was, like he said, about committing on the front foot or committing on the back foot. Uh, and though Joe Root has scored a lot of runs now in Sri Lanka and Nakul was absolutely on the money there, very different class of spinners he'll face in India. And also the the, the bounce in India, is especially in Chennai, Ashwin loves the bounce like he does in Bombay, is what will trouble the English batsmen, especially Joe Root more. Uh, then the turn itself, it will be slow turn, but it could be the bounce. Uh, because both times in Bombay and in Chennai last time, England bat- batted well in the first innings. But then they just collapsed. They just withered away in the second innings. And that was the end of Alistair Cook, if you remember. The last time they played a test in India was in Chennai. Karun Nayan made, uh, made that triple hundred. And England still had a great chance of saving that test match. But they just, they were done. They were gone by then. And uh, Jadeja ran through them uh, with what? I think he took seven wickets. Uh, and that was it for Alistair Cook. So, uh, I don't know how much pressure there is on Joe Root, the captain. But England seemed to be very happy with him. Uh, I guess it will be decided after the Ashes when they come here. He's not won an Ashes series home, at home uh, two years ago. And uh, his captaincy will be a topic for a discussion maybe in six months time when it'll just be the three of us again hopefully Sakib. Uh, uh and uh, 
But for now, I think that what I like about like the one guy I really am looking forward to seeing on Indian pitches is Zach Crawley. I thought he was really good against Pakistan, like you said, Nakul, and uh, uh, he's almost like the Cam Green in a way of England in, term, in terms of how he bats. He scored two sixty-seven, which Cam Green hasn't. But uh, just tall men who are who seem to have great balance. Um, at the crease when they're playing uh, off the front foot. Or and Zach Crawley back. also doesn't have a test. And Zach Crawley also doesn't have a test wicket. Uh, that is true. There you go. <laughs> so, sorry, Sakeb. I know, I, I know uh, uh, I'm, I should be speaking more about India, but I just thought I'll touch on... No, no. Feel, feel free to add uh, your, your reasoning. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I think what England do, should not do is focus only on the spinners. Because India won a lot of test matches at home thanks to Ishan Sharma. And he's been hungry to play that 100 test match. I uh, remember last year in New Zealand, um, he was really disappointed to break down after that first test. And he has a point to prove to the Indian team management. I mean, they felt a little let down by him in Christchurch when they really wanted him. India were 1-0 down. Uh, he broke down. Again, he broke down in the IPL. They would have really wanted him here in Australia. Yes, they won. But still, uh, his experience, he is still the leader of the attack. Jasprit Bumrah is Jasprit Bumrah. Yeah, he's been handing out test caps. But uh, Ishan Sharma is a leader and he has a great record in India, especially in the last two, three years. So, India, England need to be very careful. Uh, like, in the past, English teams have come and obsessed over the spinners. Uh, it would be very, very risky if they do it now. Uh, and, you know, it's, whether it's Ishant or uh, Bumrah will be hungry to for success at home. He's never played in front of... Uh, um, Indian fans, I don't know whether there will no, be no crowds. You know, played in India, and uh, his mother will be watching in Ahmedabad, so that will be an interesting test as well. So, uh, uh, from what I know, that's not happened before as well. So, uh, there, there, there's a lot that England will have to overcome to uh, even make it make a make a series or a match out of it. Uh, they'll be happy that it's just four tests and not five tests. Last time you could see, especially poor Alistair Cook, uh, the English media really did go after him after um, each test, after each session. Uh, I remember he, Alistair Cook is generally a very cool guy, isn't he, Nakul? But he kind of lost his cool. Fam- with, uh, famously doesn't sweat. Fam- famously doesn't sweat. But he got, uh, I, had him, I, had, I had him sweating in a couple of press conferences. Like if he became... Uh, uh, yeah, the English press were pretty surprised that... Uh... Yeah, I remember one, it was the first morning in Vizag, Mohammed Shami uh, broke Alistair Cook's off stump with the delivery. Uh, <laughs> and uh, it, 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 was a, it was a useful visual metaphor for a lot of people. <laughs> it was, uh, he... he... Um, he lost his school at me saying, oh, like, you know, I asked him a question after the Bombay test and uh, about if there are any positives at all from the series. He started talking and I'm just an animated fellow. I must have done something. He's like, why are you rolling your eyes at me? And then I said, well, I'm not. He's like, no, nah, you're rolling your eyes at me. I said, maybe because I don't agree with what you're saying. And then it became like a thing. After that, till to date, every English journalist who meets me rolls his eyes at me. At least guys who are there <laughs> on that. Hey, Martin, you, I'm looking at you. But uh, so it's, uh, uh, it's going to be a big challenge for England, of course, as we know. But, um, and I know we'll come to this later. I'll come to India for sure. Sakib, don't worry. But, you know, the, the beauty of Indian cricket is the script is never, like, you know, steady. So, we've seen this massive high of, like, this crazy series win in Australia. Uh, yeah, but, like, the dip has to come. Like, that's how Indian cricket survives, right? Like, there has to be that one loss and then everybody is, like, 
oh well it's back make rahane captain get rid of kohli so i see that narrative somehow play out uh, this is not a prediction but i just have a sneaky feeling that we're going to see something interesting england will win one test match at some point could ah, be the first test okay. who knows so uh, yeah i mean this is just like a sneaky little feeling i have i've been having since the uh, last day in brisbane uh, but i mean we'll come to that later but the indian middle order with rishabh pant i don't see them not picking rishabh pant again anytime soon yes we've seen them like go with saha at home and rishabh pant away in the last couple of years uh, and they've kept rithiman saha in the squad it's not like uh, after the after sydney and brisbane they've decided that's it for saha i had a bad feeling after the adelaide test that we might have seen the last of rithiman saha uh, but i'm so happy that that's not what the selectors are thinking they've kept him in the squad have they kept him in the squad just as uh, security for rishabh pant in case things don't go his way uh, might be the case because uh, the one thing with rishabh pant i have noticed is he is working really really hard on his keeping and his fitness so uh, all he needs to do is to have a decent test match and i think he did pretty okay at the gabba with his keeping i mean everybody's talking about his batting i don't remember him making too many mistakes scg was bad uh, i thought he dealt very well with the bounce off the spinners he was he was reacting much faster to that ball coming up and also he used to take this he used to have this thing where he used to take this gigantic step one way uh, with his yeah. keeping i remember that in england he took used to take this giant step to the leg side which meant that he was having to do so much extra work to get to those deliveries that were taking the edge or was swinging after the ball was passing the stumps. He seems to have phased that out of his of his game. He just he wicket keeping and Joss Butler's certainly another. Uh, you can you know this argument happened in England all the time. You know, do you pick your best keeper? Do you pick your the your best keeper and hang the runs? You know, uh, as Jared Kimber will point out, this debate has been going on since the nineteen thirties. It's not a it's not a post Gilchrist thing, um, but. Um, but you can see that Rishabh Pant has been working on his game, and you can see that Joss Butler has been working on keeping. And keeping, you can improve by sheer repetition. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, you're very right. And uh, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think my personal view of Rishabh Pant has changed ever since I saw him in the nets on day four of the SCG test when he was battling his pain. He was kept telling himself, "Tujhe kuch nahi hua, tujhe kuch nahi hua." I know I wrote about it. I've spoken about it a lot. But you know, you could see that this young man really is hungry. I mean, there's been talk of him being, "Oh, he's taking things too easy," or he's been taking his place for granted. But uh, if you saw him in Australia, I don't think you would agree with any of those criticisms. Maybe it was true in the past. I don't know. But um, he's like, yeah, I think like Nakul said, he had a good Gabba test. So I think they will go with him. Saha at this point seems more like. Uh, just a you know a, a contingency plan which india might not use who knows uh, and also tells you that uh, there isn't any other wicketkeeper really knock, knocking the door down this uh, ks bharat and i've been hoping he plays just because we've not had a bharat play test cricket since i was born so and my chances seem to have gone with that gabba test so <laughs> but uh, on a serious note there isn't anyone else really who's uh, really put their hand up and we're not going to get any ranji trophy this year so uh we not go, we, we we won't get anything uh, or anyone putting their hand up or anyone getting that chance either this time so uh yeah i think rishabh pant stays for in 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 my opinion and just uh, on joe root i thought to in 2016 ben stokes played the indian spinners better than anyone else and uh, it was jadeja ashwin and jayant yadav a very different kind of off spinner uh but uh, i thought he was he really stood out with this uh, batting against spin and it has a lot to do with 
how he commits to the front foot or the back foot. And that is the only way to play spin in India. And, um, uh, you know, but this Ashwin, I'm really looking forward to seeing Ashwin in India. We, we've seen him generally be very confident whenever he bowls in India. But after this Australia tour, when he out-bowled Nathan Lyon, uh, the way he's been batting as well, I, I, we just saw glimpses of it at the SCG. I mean, but that was not a fluent innings. It was just like a 70-year-old man uh, saving a test match with another 70-year-old man. In Hanuma Vihari, one couldn't sit, couldn't walk, couldn't run. But uh, he's been batting really well. And that will give India a lot of confidence to have, have him bat at seven, if, if not eight. He would want to bat at seven, of course. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that looks like a, it looks like a very, very strong... Indian batting lineup when you think about it now with uh, Rohit and Gil on top. I feel bad for Mayank Agarwal because he uh, has been outstanding in India, hasn't he? Like two double hundreds. So it's it's a pity that uh, he will have to miss out. But there, yeah, suddenly there's just no spaces in that Indian lineup. That's a good good problem. Uh, he's have. averaging in the teens though. Sorry, Sakib. He's averaging in the teens though in Test cricket since that second double hundred. I, I like yeah. Mayank Agarwal a lot. I think he's. Uh, he cuts. I like. I love his uppercut. I love the fact he comes down the track to spinners and does it probably better than anyone else in the Indian team. Maybe Pujara uh, aside, but it's unfortunate. And then you got the you know the forgotten man Prithvi Shaw, who isn't even in this expanded squad. Exactly, but I think it's good to let him go and play maybe some competitive cricket than just warm the bench. I think that's probably he's part of their long term plans. I mean, I heard someone on Twitter call him Pant and Gill the next big three of Indian cricket, all hundred Test match guys, but. These predictions are, you know, early days. If I, but if I were Prithvi Shaw's agent, and I know Prithvi Shaw has had a, quite a fair amount of experience in England because he was he went to school uh, in in England for a, for a for a while in uh, in Merseyside, I would be looking to get Prithvi Shaw a county contract this summer. Hmm. Uh, well, I I think the Indian team management might not agree with you now <laughs> because uh, I think okay. what, after the, no no purely I mean I think it'll be great experience for Prithvi Shaw, but uh, after the first at don't think it has so much to do with his batting, really. I think it is to do with his attitude to test cricket, to cricket itself. Uh, because I think after that Adelaide test, what the Indian team management realized was he still has a long way to go to, like, literally be a, a, a cricketer at this level. And in, in terms of fitness, his uh, approach to the game, uh, I mean, he, they love having him around in the Indian team. Like he, he's, you can see him. He's like a naughty kid. He's doing something or the other. He's at least ruffling someone's hair or uh, being a bother to someone, he's singing, he's dancing. But I think uh, he will go away uh, uh, and come back fitter and a better fielder. I think, and I remember having a conversation with someone in the Indian camp. And if you look at Prithvi Shaw's life or his career, like I've seen a lot of him in Bombay, he had hardly has fielded in his life. He's just scored runs. He's made 300s and 400s and 500s, like, you know, from the time he was really, really young. Uh, and by the time he's done batting, he, like you know, he doesn't have to feel and Rizvi, the school he's played for, and which has produced all these cricketers, the Sarfras Khans, the Iqbal Abdullahs, and Arman Jaffas, and all of them, uh, they invariably bowl the team opposition out for 30 or 40 after they've made 800 runs. So, so uh, you could see see that, like you know, at at international level, at 21, you cannot be feeling the way he does in dropping catches the way he does. So I think they've like it's a good call. Like I think it's a very very good call by the Indian team. Like Sakib said, like let him go away, let him think about his cricket and come back. And yeah, he he is the future of Indian cricket alongside Gill and Pant. And uh, uh, they they look at him as a Virender Seva 
uh, ish cricketer who can make or break a game at the top of the order. He batted okay in New Zealand last year. So, uh, but yeah, right now him going to England may, maybe, uh, especially with uh, uh, with England UK in lockdown. I don't think it's a great idea <laughs> purely because uh, yeah, he likes to be out and about in life. Okay. So I think we have close to 15-20 minutes left because uh, I asked Nicole we can do an hour. I think we're already approaching that. So let me talk about matchups. I'll give you both a set of matchups and then you can you know give your views or even you can propose another matchup that I may have overlooked. So with Bharat, I mean, rolling your eyes at Alistair Cook. I mean, I knew you were a Pujara, but you had a Kohli in you too, I guess. Huh? So, <laughs> so no, but you said in, England may surprise everyone by winning a test. If this were to happen in Chennai, what are the, some of the matchups that could cause India to get out of the comfort zone? I know Anderson and Broad against Kohli and Pujara would be a, a mouth-watering matchup in England. But in these conditions, who can challenge the Indian batting order if you're looking at the English bowling? Uh, India have not faced Jofra Archer at all, have they, in uh, long-form cricket? No, they haven't, no. Yeah, and I don't think any of these guys have played much uh, England Lions. I, I don't know how much Jofra Archer has played for England Lions. but I don't think he's played for England Lions. Um, they'll have played him in the IPL and in uh, a fair amount, but it's, it's completely different. Yep. Exactly, yeah. I think he could be a big threat on these pitches purely because he gets the ball to jump, jump at you from... Uh, um, a very a lot like Jasprit Bumrah. The one thing with Jasprit Bumrah is with his act, people speak so much about his action, but it's a fact that uh, a lot of batsmen, even in the nets, I've seen in the Indian batsmen uh, kind of struggle, but picking the length, especially the ball that just jumps at them. And I think it's the same with Jofra Archer. It's a bowling action that you have to get used to. Yes, they have played a lot of them in the IPL. Most of them have, uh, but I think he might be the a surprise package, not a surprise package really, but the one that nobody seems to be talking a lot about, Jofra Archer. But it's funny, the clips that we've seen so far of England in the Nets, they've been given like these green pitches to <laughs> to practice. I have no idea why. But I can tell you it's not going to be the same once they, once the test match begins. I also saw a report from an, in an Indian newspaper which said that, oh, Chenna uh, Chepok is going to provide like English conditions to the English player. I, except it might start raining at some point in Chennai, but I don't see any Anything else being English once the test match begins? Oh, I mean that. I, I, I guess that means it will have some grass on it. I saw that Nagraj in Nagraj Golapuri in, in Cricket Info did a did a piece with the the head groundsman at Chennai who said that. But think, don't all ground stuff, particularly if it's their first test match, say, "Oh, it's going to be a great pitch. It'll it'll yeah. seem on the first couple of days, then it'll flatten out, and then it'll turn." Like if that's the case, great. Um, I mean, we know it's probably not going to turn square from ball one because uh, India don't want to get Steve O'Keefe again. Um, yeah, and sure. and frankly, India have an attack that I, mean, I think the, the stats in the last few years are that India's pace and seam attack at home take almost identical number. Sorry, pace and spin attacks take almost identical number of wickets at an identical average. Uh, pretty okay, absolutely. much. And, and like you know, just one quick like take the tip for you: best to interview a curator after a test match than before a test match. But before the test match, they all say the same thing, most of them anyway. <laughs> so, uh, no, you're very right about that. And and I think another thing with Jofra Archer and Ben Stokes is they attack the stumps a lot more than uh, uh, Anderson and Broad even, maybe. Uh, and uh, I think that could be the that could work in England's favour because a lot of teams have come to India and tried to uh, shut the offside off in India. I don't think it's a tactic that often works unless you have Glenn McGrath, Jason Gillespie at the peak of their powers and Shane Warne. Uh, so, uh, it, so I think for my pick, 
uh, Sakib, to answer your original question, Jofra Archer could be the one who sets up a test win if it has to happen. Hmm, interesting. And do you think that can happen in Chennai or that can happen at Ahmedabad or just any... Uh, I think if it ha- happens, it happens very early on. It happens in Chennai. I, I think once that... Uh, if India bury them early on, this England team, I don't see them really come up from there. And that's, see, India are the new Australia in a way. Like, the, the, that's how Australia did it in, historically, right? When they were on top, uh, welcome them, uh, welcome a visiting team at the Gabba, finish them off there mentally, and then, yeah, just uh, score a lot of runs, make 400, 450, uh, which is what you'd expect this in, uh, Indian team to do. And like I said, even in the last series in 2016. It's not like England batted too badly and Nakul said that as well. A lot of them scored runs. Moin Ali got 200s. I think Ben Stokes got 100. So, Keaton Jennings got 100. So, there were runs being scored. But it's just that India batted so long and out-batted them in, the, in their first innings that, uh, you know, England were gone by the second innings, which is what India would want to do uh, again with a like, you know, with their fast bowlers in much better form as well. As we said, the Dishan Sharma, hungry to play that 100 test. Uh, so if if it has to happen, it has to happen early and also early in a test match. That's why I picked Jofra Archer because someone just who runs through them, um, and then you back your batsman to uh, you know bat India out of the game, which doesn't happen very often. But that's the only way out. Sure. So Nakul, uh, let me add one more layer to this. So England have you know like we talked about 2012, they won that series, and even the last series when they came here, they lost. But it's not like they didn't compete. They batted, they scored runs, but they were just outplayed. So a lot of people believe the exposure to IPL and how English players stay in India, uh, they, they get familiar with the conditions. You think that has a role to play? And secondly, uh, what are some of the matchups from the English batting point of view you fancy in this series that will have a pivotal role in deciding the outcome? Well, one other thing about that 2016 series is actually England nearly won that first Test match. Adil Rashid really spooked India in that first, in that first Test match. The, the fact that Adil Rashid's shoulder is not up to Test cricket is a massive loss for England. I know his overall test record is not great, and I know he faded through that series, not helped by England's bizarre decision to send Saklain Mushtaq, their bowling spin bowling coach, home halfway through the series. But Adil Rashid that had India worried uh, for that first uh, for that first test match, um, uh, and but you know they don't have him; they, they can't have him. They'll have uh, Moyne and, and Jack Leach basically trying to do a panesar and just hit a length and see what happens um, for, for time and time again. Um, maybe best if it's an absolute Bunsen burner. Um, but I, I, I agree with Bharat. I'm not sure that is that is that is too likely. Um, essentially, I mean, uh, one you might think that the that the pink ball test, the third test in Ahmedabad, might be the one that England will win. But a, you know, if you're two 0 down by that point, it's very difficult to come back. And also, um, you know, as much as nobody fancies facing Archer, Anderson, and Broad with the pink ball under lights. Uh, no batter in the world is looking forward to facing Ishant Sharma, Jaspreet Boomra, you know, whoever, Siraj if he plays, Shami Umesh, uh, under, under lights with a pink ball either. Uh, so uh, I don't think that's as much of an advantage for, for England as, as, as people are making out. Um, it is from, England have not, in the last few years, started well on overseas tours. Uh, they have had a bad tendency, even in series that they've won or drawn, to lose that first test and to basically sort of take a session to get into or a day to get into the series and sometimes um you know as as india found at melbourne you know one bad hour or two bad hours can lose you a test match if you're batting um i in terms of the batting you know ben stokes is 
even with Joe Root back in form, there's an argument to say that Ben Stokes is England's best batter. You know, his bat looks, you know, 15 feet wide when he's defending off the front foot. Um, he plays defensive. Sh- he, he hits straight drives for four that are basically sort of defensive shots that happen to miss the field. Um, he, he waits on the back foot very well. He cuts. He can, he can sweep. And, you know, this brings in the IPL. Ben Stokes has only ever had one good IPL, really. He's not actually done that particularly well in the IPL since that, that first season for the Rising Pune Supergiant. Um, but he has learned a few extra stro- shots and he's learned these extra, these extra gears. We saw it uh, in Headingley. You know, without the IPL, of course he can't reverse sweep Nathan Lyon over point for six. Um, with a man back on the edge of the, with a man back on the edge of the rope, he's, he's not going to be able to do that without that experience. Uh, Josh Butler has certainly become a much better player since he since he played IPL cricket. It was already a decent player. It's been uh, uh, Archer. Archer was my MV pick for MVP in the last IPL. I know it was in the UAE, but it's um, and these pitches might have more uh, for him. But he was he was unplayable. It wasn't just the fact he was taking wickets. You didn't know where your next run was coming from against Archer in the in the power play. You're going going up four and a half and over in the power play for an entire IPL is ridiculous. Um, he's one of those bowlers who can you can almost take the pitch out of the equation to some extent because like uh, like Boomer, he has this incredible wrist snap, which means that he can get bounce out of any surface. His knee is ab, his front, and we're getting very technical here, and this doesn't really work on audio, but his front leg is absolutely braced, so there's no loss of momentum at all. He bowls his bouncer from slightly higher than most bowlers. I've heard international batters say that they can't pick Jofra Archer's bouncer which on a pitch that's you know a little bit like Mohammed Shami skids the ball through at this really awkward height and it's on you before you realize it's hitting the splice of your bat. Archer can do that. He doesn't have that ex- ability to move the ball extravagantly away from the right hander like Bumra uh, does, but he's a huge uh, asset. And Anderson, who's had success in India in 2012, he was brilliant in 2012, um, backing up Swan and Panesar, and he's a much better bowler now than he was then. Um, Broad's been magnificent for the last uh, little while, and, and they're both very... Very clever bowlers. There, there won't be the let up. There won't be the easy steamer you can score off in the same way that Woke was pretty ineffective in 2016. Um, he didn't really, he didn't do a great deal with the ball. Um, that might be the case, which may well be the case that Wokes and Curran and Mark Wood and Ollie Stone don't get. I mean, they'll have to get a look in at some point, you think, but that could be that could be a way for India to get a few some some cheap runs, but uh, a huge amount. Um, I'm also very excited to see how Zach Crawley goes. I think he's a he's one of those players who looks like he could be very dominant um, without really trying to be. Um, but if if Burns and Sibley and Crawley don't establish some opening partnerships and India are able to get into the middle order quickly, and then you're relying on Root and Stokes again, and Root's only just come back to form, um, it, 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 it's a big problem. So I think Zach Crawley is a big player for uh, for India. Dominic Sibley. If if Dom Sibley becomes a walking wicket against spin like he like he has been, if he goes like, I don't want to bring back memories of Ben Duckett for 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 England fans, but um, who just became it became a cheat code basically. You get Ashwin onto Ben Duckett and he's out immediately, and it was looking like that was going to happen with Sibley. Um, you know, Root and Stokes we know are, are, are world class. Uh, we don't you don't have to worry about that too much. It's it's that top three, um, and it is as Bharat was saying going up against India's new ball bowlers against India's two or three fast bowlers um uh, in that sense it's which it, which might suit england to some extent but um 
you know, if the top three don't fire and if the spinners aren't able to give England some control, then it's a long, 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 long series of the kind that can break people like they did, like happened in, in 2016. Um, so yeah, it, it's that, it's that top order and it's the spin attack, uh, really kind of the rest of the team is for England is, is known quantities, but it'll be, it's a sort of a weak link series for England. It's how well their least, their least well-performing player performs. I think sure. if England, if there's a, you can't go into a series in India and have a player or a few players who aren't at a certain level because this India team will just steamroll you. No, very well said. I think gone are the days. You can't have travelers. Uh, I think when you are up against these best sites in the world. So let's wrap this up. And Bharat, you can go first. One word answers here. Not like coffee with Karan style, but a series. Who wins a series and series score line? Uh, India win. Um, I'm saying. 4-0. Okay, and Bharat, staying with you, who scores the most runs for India? Uh, it, I think it's going to be a Virat Kohli series. Okay. And uh, who's among the wickets for India? Who who gets the most scalps? Ooh, uh, you know what? I'm picking, um, I'm picking Ishan Sharma. Huh? Maybe Ashwin, but I, I think I'm picking Ishan Sharma. Yeah, that's stayed in the Indian depth. Fast bowler taking more wickets. And last but not the least, uh, again, we don't want to do this, but who will have a series with some question marks that you know will divide the media and fans' conversation? Meaning, who will have a bad series? Ooh, a bad series? Uh, oh, I don't know. I can't see anyone in that. Uh, I think it'll be you know what it's going to be one of those like Rahane is not going to score too many runs, and people are like, okay, but he's captain. But like, does he play deserve his place in the side as a batsman? Yeah, that's going to happen. Hmm. Okay. Rahane's going to come in at you know 290 for four and get seven uh, <laughs> and then someone and you know it'll be one of those series where he's he has this weird thing Rahane where he only scores runs in a crisis yeah, yeah that's also narrative away from home. Mm, yeah. away from home yeah and Pujara hasn't scored a home 100 for a while right Bharat he hasn't yeah no he hasn't but he loves batting against England at home and uh, I like uh, I know we've spoken a lot about it. I think it'll be come down to England's plans. India won in Australia. Yes, we spoke so much about their personnel and like who uh, played and who didn't play. But I think they won because of their plans. They outplanned Australia. Um, Australia had one plan and it, when it didn't work, you could see there was a tactical vacuum in the Australian dressing room. Uh, so it, if you want to win away from home, it has to be like based on your plans and then you have the right people executing them as cliched as it sounds. So I see England, if they have to win, they have to really do what India did in Australia, eliminate that offside, bowl at the stumps um, and make in the Indian batsmen face a lot of balls to score runs. That's their only way out. Uh, so, yeah, and that's why I think Jofra Archer and those guys might be a bigger key than even the spinners. Um, yeah, but that wasn't the question at all. Sorry. <laughs> but, no, yeah, that's, I, I, that's still a very, very good insight. Yeah. And, yeah, uh, but I, I do think though that uh, it could just and just is just a narrative opinion cricket. Like I said, uh, it'll be about Rahane could be the guy who people discuss a lot, saying yeah, and then they'll start go back to talking about yeah, he scored one hundred in Melbourne, but like what was his like you know overall series record? It wasn't so good, was it? Like yeah, and yeah. that's gonna happen for sure. Kohli uh, and Rahane that'll be the talking point. No, Short term memory is our strength. <laughs> and then, oh, and, and then and sorry, sorry. And also, I think Rohit Sharma will have a good series, and like he'll also be thrown into the equation. Of course, how can we leave him out? First time we've seen Virat and Rohit together, remember, in a while. I can see Archer trying. 
you know, if Archer tries to bounce Rohit Sharma, that'll be fun. Um, I, I have this running joke on Twitter. I say, "Don't bowl short at Rohit Sharma." Every okay. team does it, and every team they never learn. I know he got out in the pool once in Australia, but um, that it, it's not a good idea. Um, yeah, maybe the bouncer will set up as a return tour when India goes there. Maybe that's when the dividends can be paid. It's it's even it's even easier for him to play the bouncer on England and English pitches with a ball with a ball bounces more. Yeah. Um, he, he, he's, he's a phenomenal player of the short ball. Um, I mean, I completely take your point about Archer, but the reason I almost didn't mention him as a key man is because I'm pretty confident that Joffrey Archer will do well. I don't have a worry there. You know, I, I, I think I'm even more um, of an Archer fan than a lot of other English media. Like, I don't see him as, you know, you know, he's not a shock weapon. He's not a, he's not a sort of unknown quantity. He's just a quality bowler. Um, and he's so smart, and he's so clever, and he 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 can bowl these long spells and get into these, get into get in this rhythm. Um, uh, you know, the the worry is that you kind of want to use him both as a shock bowler and as a and as a strike bowler, which is you know something England have not done very well in the last in in the last in the last few years. Um, but you know, um, as well, there's a few players you can. I, I was focusing more from England on the players who might be the the weaker links or the. The ones who I'm not quite so sure about. All right, so the last four questions to you, Knuckle, same as Bharat. Who's, what's the series score line for you? I hate predicting whitewashes, so I'm going to go 3 0 India. Okay. And I don't know where the draw's coming, but, but some, I don't know, somewhere. No, that's why we'll follow you on Twitter after that to look for the draw. So, uh, who scores the most runs uh, from the English team? Uh, from the English team, uh, I am going to say Ben Stokes. Um, uh, for England, there could be quite a lot of, uh, you know, Stokes in desperate rearguard mode. Um, but uh, but he's you know he, he's back and he'll he's rested and he'll play the whole series. Um, and you know he was good in India last time and he's a better player now. Sure. And who gets the most Indian batsmen out? This one's a tricky one because it's hard to see any of the bowl, uh, the fast bowlers playing all four Test matches. Um, but I don't see any of the spinners having a particularly good series. I'm going to say Jofra Archer. All right, fair enough. And who will have trouble uh, retaining his place in the English setup, or at least uh, what will be the narrative for the player who fails in the series? Who, who's that guy? I know it's not a polite question, picking someone's no, favorite. No, it's, uh, it's part of the game. <laughs> it's... Because Dominic Sibley and Rory Burns both have unusual looking techniques and they have techniques, or not techniques, techniques is not the right word. There's nothing particularly unusual about their technique. They, have, uh, they are visually unorthodox. Uh, they have the kind of games that can look horrible when things go wrong. And like it or not, people judge on those kind of things. So if Dominic Sibley has a bad series, then all of the talk is going to be about, about that and about his unusual method of playing and how it, and how it doesn't work and why, uh, you know, and you know these these people who claim to be avatars of the MCC coaching manual come back out of the woodwork. <laughs> um, if Ben Folks has a bad series, then suddenly people who've been calling for Josh Butler's head for the last two years will be, uh, or suddenly it turns out they were on his side all along, and uh, you know we were always at war with East Asia. Uh, but uh, um, but I think, yeah, I think those. Uh, but it, it's on the it's on the top order for for me. It's on it's on those it's on those. It's on those top three, and it could well be that one of them has a horrible series. Um, mm. I hope it doesn't happen um, because I want to see a really com- a really good competitive series, and I want to see I want to see 
you know, India are massive favourites, and, and and nobody's disputing that. But you want to see India beating England rather than England losing, if that makes any sense. No, I think on that note we can wrap this up. That was, I think, very prophetic. And I want to thank you guys. It was a fun show, as expected. Bharat, you were part of the the cricket folklore. You covered the series. You were a road warrior. I don't think I can say enough. Knuckles, sensational debut. I'm already a fan. I mean, your analysis is brilliant. Hopefully, like Bharat said, we can do this. We can get the same crowd again at some point in the near future. And uh, yeah, and I'm pretty yeah. I'm, I'm excited to record the show, and I'm and I'm very hopeful the fans will come back asking for more of you guys. So on that note, thank you very much. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you for having me back on. Sakib, I'm sorry I've been uh, dilly-dallying the last couple of days. But yeah, uh, I'm back home. And uh, uh, I don't know how much of that series I'll be seeing. No, I think it's a good time. It's like watching England cricket at home or back home in India. So that's a good time for me. Uh, given um, that UK fans don't actually know who's going to be broadcasting the series yet and it's Sunday and the test match is on Friday, <laughs> you might be luckier than me. Um <laughs> But uh, but yeah, thank you, thank you, Sakib, for having me on and having me on with, with Bharat, who I'm, a, who I'm a huge fan of, and followed your, um, you know, your uh, your stuff through the series. It was fantastic. Um, yeah, delighted to be delighted to be on the show. Thank you very much.